You are listening to The Worlding Podcast, where we explore the relationship of how we are both, shaping and being shaped by our surroundings. The podcast traces interconnections by inviting each episode's guest to pass on the mic to someone who has influenced their world. And now, here's your host, dance artist Renee Schadler. Hello, friends. Today we begin our eighth string figure with my guest, Jakob Hoon, a Berlin-born and raised shapeshifter currently dedicated to enabling the project Moors Berlin, which means Moss in German, and an international residency and co-living community and event space within the framework of this building, which is nested next to Treptow Park. Today we're going to focus on community building and facilitation and how this is always connected to the more than human, whether that be the architecture of the building, the weather, or the people present. Thanks so much for chatting with us today. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, it's been a big inspiration already having this pre-conversations with you. <laughs> Actually, to share with listeners, one of these pre-conversations was around a week ago and we met at Treptow Park, so a few minutes walk from Moors. And as we were talking, I placed down my jacket on the grass and a swarm of ants came and nested in my jacket. So when I went to leave, I was kind of taking all these creatures with me and uh, there was really this flurry of activity But within this chaos, I had the feeling that every ant knew what it was doing and why. And we laughed about how Mose also has this almost contagious energy that when you're around the building or connecting with the community online, that things are possible. How is it being at the center of that, Jakob, living at the moors and also facilitating the encounter with artists? Yeah, like co-living um, brings in its own intensity and co-living and co-working in the same time or like uh, being in a residency that still needs to build its own structures while already operating um, <laughs> was bringing a lot of challenges maybe it's like a like a relationship that challenges you and brings out all this just things maybe like a like a mirror cabinet like <laughs> it's for sure it, it has challenges for, for for everyone and and so needs needs to have both like a willingness and an openness um to be yeah to be to be shaping and to be shaped by each other's um personalities and projects mm. yeah absolutely it's a very inspiring group of people that are kind of gathering around the building but also the building itself I find very interesting for people that don't know it it's an old bathtub factory for bathtubs that could swing so it has a huge eight meter high ceiling in the hall which is an event space on the ground level and then there are three stories of apartments where artists can live and work and then on top of that there's a beautiful sun terrace so within Berlin you know we all know about these utopic stories of found spaces and repurposed artist buildings but there are some left even in the early 2020s and um, 
yeah, how how do you find being being in this amazing architecture and enabling things to happen there? Is it is it in dialogue with your projects at the moment? I yeah, even I would say like the space is giving you homeworks or like is calling for a certain kind of use of of the space. And and sometimes yeah, challenging you. So there's different spaces in this in this old warehouse and they have their own way. Uh some of the the architecture is asking for uh, is really asking for for being a community space and for 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 holding community within the the setting of a home. And that's that's a really interesting kind of starting point that we had when we moved in there two years ago and um how can you invite uh people for events into your home and 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 run some kind of like a center from from there and the very new residency space is has has a challenge in itself because it's so full of light and the architecture is quite like a like labyrinth and and definitely so designed that people the, like the residency moved into the space and knew uh, when there was no furniture. And so part of, part of the residency was also building uh, their own beds. And, uh, and I, uh, I, I totally loved the, the blank slate of the invitation of, of having no furniture and like actually just bringing in um, what was needed. But in the same time, residents came together uh, from really different walks of life, there was uh, 22-year-old uh, Ukrainian refugees that were having uh, a cool living for activists in, in Ukraine, and there was like um, people way older and like with a different different kind of need for uh, for cleanliness and and so on. And um, in this kind of finding a common ground of, of how, to live, how to live together. And I think that's why it's working also for the short-term uh, perspective, because not everybody would be up for like a, such a long-term community <laughs> space, or, or would you? Yeah, I really love the energy of being on residencies. I think they create a certain push. I know as an artist, I often work on two-week residencies or I had one in Montreal for three months. So I think because of the short-term nature, they create a certain drive. Like the one I was at recently in Lake Studios in Berlin, there was an artist there from Spain that would stay in the studio to like 1am in the morning because she doesn't have access to this massive studio when she's at home. So there was a different energy of, um, I guess, like a threshold of the, the drive or ambition to discover something new that isn't sustainable long term. So this I really love about energy, the freshness and the encounter and the being in a new space. In terms of the project becoming the space, I find very interesting as a proposition. I think right now I'm very focused on welding and certain things within my choreographic practice, which is something that 
is hard to put in parallel with a communal living situation because in a way that becomes the project from what I hear and what I've experienced in these short residencies is it's all consuming. <laughs> so I can definitely understand the, the short term allows for a different type of temporality. Whereas I know at Moors there's also people living there long term, but they're a little bit separated from the short term residents. So I can imagine this also provides some distance from the project in some way, because you're living there at the moment, aren't you, Jakob, upstairs in the warehouse space? Yeah, and to just give an orientation, like residencies, some take a month and some take nine months. And so far, um, because we're still kind of figuring, <laughs> figuring out the residency by running the residency in its first version or so, um, I I was curious around letting some kind of natural factor exist and then kind of people would kind of come with their projects and there would be maybe like a natural kind of integrating into the space and also going out. And so far, nobody is kind of like <laughs> ready to go out because everybody is, is, uh, is, is still in there. And so we're just... Um, yeah, kind of uh, extend in 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 this ways, but there's certain uh, certain limits to the like it's not a long term uh, scenario. It's more like a mid term testing ground of of being together and inspiring the place that that definitely needs a f like some kind of inspiration um, and energy because the people that live there long term are mostly kind of families and. Um, and have kids and have less energy to actively shape this setting. And how is also the neighborhood? Because I know that was one of your big interests in rooting down into moors, was that you would have kind of a regular space that community could come to and that you could create relations with people living in the area so it became more local and now having international residencies come in and international artists bringing inspiration from outside of the local how have those two kind of landscapes connected are the locals inspired by the international artists or have there been some crossovers there yeah, I mean, to be honest, this is more of a kind of a longer term ambition still to to really root in the in the local. So uh, whereas the residency, as I was saying, people were or are kind of arising in a place that is not fully furnished, uh, full full of furniture yet, and still still building its own rituals even and 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 structures of caretaking for each other. Um, the sometimes the, the residency is still kind of busy with itself, whereas the 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 overall project um, is totally dependent also on the goodwill of the neighbors. The new event space can only work kind of um, if neighborhood is also improving it in some way, and so. Uh, we had like tensions around noise. I think it's a typical Berlin scenario that really brings you on the table with the neighbors and um, and maybe to 
to to go back to this um kind of ambition that we were having like one was of course like rooting and and seeing what it makes for you to actually root into a place and the other thing also was like getting less abstract and uh like coming out of our own bubbles and sometimes breaking down our language in simple ways and making the innovations that we kind of found ourselves in like trying to make it really practical for young and old and um, this is um, this is a long-term ambition that this cultural center space can can open and invite uh, the neighborhood into that and that residencies can uh, can use this open space to to bring in uh, their projects but so far sometimes we're still behind uh, behind walls or uh, where people can come in but also like we can we still exist in our own boundaries it reminds me actually of one of my favorite residencies that I participated in was in Iceland and it was on a peninsula in a town of 160 people, so very remote. And it was directed by a theatre director who'd bought a fishing factory that was no longer used and half of the space was a hostel for tourists and half of the space was kind of the old cool room and um, kind of uh, processing area for the fish was two small theatres. So one was actually called the cool room theatre and one was the kind of fish fish theatre. And it was so nice because exactly what you're talking about was happening. People were coming on their family holiday and they kind of end up in this artistic hostel, which is very cool, of course, because there are artists there doing interesting things. And we could each night try out new ideas or offer a walking tour. I think I did a walking tour of the area, knowing nothing about the area, like an imaginative walking tour. So there was that that crossover that actually doesn't happen very often. Um, so I think that's really beautiful. And it does give a lot to the artistic practice also that things kind of move outwards and you create different associations it's really quite enjoyable yeah i i like this story and it's it's really like one thing is like how how do you root in 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 a place and like get familiar with the history and uh, like yeah the, the modern human world of the space and and all this kind of takes time and then how do you like bring yourself your own ideas in on this kind of kind of ground of 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 listening first and um and and for me there was like sometimes this question we had some guests from a uh from a school they were that stayed ten weeks with us just spending ten weeks of sensing sensing the ecosystem and could never really start to bring in the projects because they were always understanding more and more and more and more and um, yeah, kind of finding this balance that that you can bring in as a short term guests um, your your ideas and your practices or interventions in a way that can echo in the space. Yeah, and that new forms are created 
I really appreciate that also, like the example of being at this residency in Iceland, like I never would have created a tourism event. But given that it was a hostel and there were tourists there, I thought like, oh, wow, what does this space call for, actually? Um, and so I think that's really nice if there can be this connection between the community that's there, what the space holds, like you said, this incredible factory situation with these big concrete poles in the event space they also call for something quite massive I feel like there is something quite epic about that space so the fact it is a larger hall that can be shared between different projects that then inevitably begin to talk to one another and have a conversation is very interesting yeah it's like a it's calling for quite specific site-specific uh, in, interventions in, in 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 many ways and I yeah, I feel like the general invitation for people, like how, what can you bring in some kind of urban village uh, and how can then our place as some kind of very different picture of how life in the city can look like also inspire other, other neighborhoods to, <laughs> yeah, to, to live a less boring uh, reality and, and of course, it's this is something where we are super privileged to have, like in this sold-out city, uh, such a agency to to shape our our living scenario. Yeah, I was curious into this question of like how can how can a neighborhood look like that really inspires you, and um, I just wanted to ask you this question <laughs> because I. Uh, I was very curious into your imagination of 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 how of how a neighborhood and how the relational practices between people in in a co living container um, can also uh, take place. So, yeah, you, you feel my question. <laughs> I feel your question. <laughs> we're we're co communicating. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I really appreciate what you said about listening first. I think that's something that is hard to practice. Like when you come with an agenda, how flexible can your agenda be? Um, people that come with certain deadlines, if they have a work deadline of working nine to five for a company or if they have a lifestyle deadline of taking a child to kindergarten at three o'clock, how within those structures can we find breathing space which enable interconnection with one another and how can we think outside of those parameters of, okay, it's your child, so you're taking them to Kita, but actually can somebody else be available to take them to the kindergarten? And then allowing people within that space not to determine what's expected. I think that's a big thing for me in co-living experiences, which have only ever been short term. So I have a very different uh, experience than you, Jakob, like it's always been with this end point in sight. Um, but it was often for me this kind of expectation that this idea of caring or generosity came with a hidden 
So that should be 10 hours a week or that should be amounted maybe to what the rent would be, which would be this. So there was always this calculation, which I think takes a lot of time to release ourselves from and often radical action. Someone just saying, it's fine for me to clean. I don't mind cleaning. That's definitely my way of contributing. I love to clean. I love to potter. It's like a choreography with my hands and it calms my nervous system. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast. So this is, this is wonderful for me, wiping down surfaces, moving my hands, creating my little dance. Um, but often, you know, other people will think, oh, you're cleaning a lot. I'm so sorry. Or that means something. That means uh, an expectation hasn't been met. Um, so it really takes this offer of, no, this, this just comes. This is an enjoyment. Um, so I find that very interesting as a choreography within the co-living. It really is a dance. I perceive myself a lot with the kind of like having, having, stronger expectations for people to contribute more actively and and so this is this is my own challenge in some ways and i i always laugh the the contributions being born out of the people just naturally just uh, and so um and mostly it's like one contribution inspires someone else to contribute uh in another way and it's not to it's not really to to push the spiral so much but more to yeah even just open this questions and sometimes these questions need to be answered collectively um of of how can we be in service here and for sure the residency has some kind of identity of giving something to the place because people are invited um, to pay their rent in a in a basic income um, community currency experiment, which which frees people to to, to suggest a, a contribution, and because this contribution can happen on so many different kind of levels, can be the care for the community, can be the uh, the care for the place, can be the care for the neighborhood, can be the uh, the energy for certain kind of creative projects can be the support for other people in their projects so far we we haven't been really kind of defining expectations and it's uh and i think sometimes it's a bit tricky because it can go in both directions like people cannot only inspire each other to support more they can also uh, lean back all more in the same time and 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 in this way it's uh um I think I, I was just reminded on my own kind of thing of do I love what I'm doing here and do I love of giving what I can uh, give in there and I um, I've been really like enjoying to to be surrounded by um, by people that come up with some kind of projects to make a space more. Um, creative or sustainable or um, socially active. I also just want to linger a little bit on this idea of making a, a life less boring or making something more creative. I think there is also that trap sometimes of doing more, but sometimes maybe the creativity sits within an internal 
place. I know my partner, for example, he loves just hanging out on the couch. And I do it with him for like maybe 20 minutes. And then I'm like, okay, we can meditate or we could go for a walk or we could cook. But this just like hanging on the couch, <laughs> what what's happening? <laughs> you know, like for me, that isn't incredibly creative. But for him, it's really it's a really rich experience. So I think that's also something uh, within these co-living uh, lifestyles or shared spaces. Also, there's this acknowledgement that everybody's idea of boring or creative is very different. Um, and that also creates a richness and experience when you can watch someone chilling on a couch and think, wow, they're watching the theatre performance of their life right now. <laughs> oh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is a Matisse painting being created as we speak. <laughs> yeah, I feel like some people, we had some people, that was their contribution of just being so slow in their in their way. And um, and this this thing of, like, this is a project in in the living so like for many people this was like a really weird dynamic as well of home being home being separated from work and or like home being part of the yeah it's a um I, it brings me a bit into also like the the score that i brought to this uh episode as like a reminder for myself to to not have intentions and have the space of just not focusing. And I feel like this conversations with, with you also have been really also reflecting my own process of the busyness with the ends in this in this image. And yeah, I mean ends are for me like this the symbol of like so much activity. It's true, they're always busy. <laughs> and and I, yeah, I, I wonder how they uh, where their kind of relaxation is, <laughs> is is happening in in the business in the business or yeah, I would love to hear the score for people that aren't following the podcast regularly. A score is kind of a way of sharing, almost like a recipe, a proposition for you to have an experience, an embodied experience. There are also musical scores that musicians write on paper for people to play. And Jakob and I were talking about a way that we could share his research and experience in the Moors community with us to embody so I would love to hear it and practice it as well if you can talk me through and listeners. Yeah, I'm not sure how much it translates my, my practice, but it's something that is uh, a very precious memory for me because it's one of my first, yeah, kind of early, early life experiences that I remember being in a, um, being with the kindergarten, traveling away for, for something that felt like two weeks and I was <laughs> lying under the bed um, having my first experiences uh, with um, with this game that I'm going to share in a second as a way of um, maybe dealing with the the longing for, for my parents or for home or, or, so, or so on as well. Yeah, the invitation to you listening is 
maybe to take a seat uh, or, or lie down and close your eyes. And where you're closing your eyes, you take your fists and you start to put a gentle pressure on your eyes. And after a while of pushing on your eyes, there come, starts to come these patterns and movements of light. And you can play a bit with your hands to the sides or up and down. And you can look in or look back and see if you can kind of enter in in the spaces. And then you can yeah, release your hands and come back to space. And in the first moments, yeah, there's another another light with which you see the the space around you. I just make my way back to the microphone from sitting on the floor next to my desk. And I don't often sit on the floor next to my desk. And it's actually very comforting. Yeah, I was thinking how this also fits with our situation here because we we're just listening to each other over the headphones. We don't see each other. And coming from the sense of listening just into this seeing, but seeing in the in the dark spaces and trying if we can enter <laughs> there and, or if some kind of visions can come. Maybe if uh, it's for me, it's also like a like different things happening at different times. I try this. Mm. For me, it also resonates um, with our conversation in terms of your role within Moors, which we haven't really touched on yet. Because I feel like through our conversation and imaginary seeing, I have the image of the building and the people frequenting it. But I'm also very curious about where you sit within that I mentioned earlier that you're living in the warehouse next to the residency centre and event space. How are your days led at the moment and how do you see yourself within the project? Yeah, it's a, I'm in a, in a super critical <laughs> uh, role um, that I find myself in, which is 
yeah, where I'm, I'm still also like needing to ref reflect a lot and also like needing to kind of change uh, things. I came here with this, just this strong drive to um, kind of build a community around here and to um, like, not especially kind of develop projects, but link projects to the space and uh, see how the different communities can can be mobilized to to come together how how the space can build bridges to other spaces in the city and so on and um and it's not really that uh everyone else had this kind of need or or drive or, or energy to to do that and so um this is one thing and then for sure like um residents invited come get invited into a certain framework into a certain uh thing and there's a lot of um like i feel that's why the the image that you were uh, <laughs> giving me again and again with this picture of the ends is also like an invitation for uh from for me to um, kind of sometimes step out of the way and letting some kind of um, swarm intelligence <laughs> mobilize around it. And this is a very tricky balance where, where I can get maybe even confused. <laughs> I can also definitely understand because from our conversations, you're holding the keys of the space. You've signed a lease for the residency center and the event space. And if somebody needs to use the hall, they contact you. And while people are suggesting residents to come, I feel like from what I understand that decision still lies with you in the way a director of a space would, would have that role. So I think that's also very interesting to challenge that actually, um, that takes a lot of trust. And when something's just being built, because we mentioned to listeners that there were the two years of inviting and hosting events in the warehouse space next to the residency space and event center. But now this residency space has only opened recently within the last two months. So I can understand also when something is new and there are a lot of questions that this role also gets reinforced even more so when people have different experience with the space. Yeah, something that came up from, from, from the conversation with you as a choreographer, um, like bringing me in, in conversation sometimes i was you know liking this this image of uh of of seeing this uh, place making as an art seeing the interaction of these people here as an art project so in this way i could have some kind of individual artistic way but um they're like if it's groups and if it's like so much more as like lifelines of people, like in some ways there's a, like there's a simple practice for me is, is really just 
looking what people want to do, what they dream of, what they can imagine doing themselves in the in the framework of here, seeing how they can be invited into bringing their inspiration into this framework from here and kind of taking from there. But like the whole questions of... Um, of how do certain kind of groups take take also the responsibilities and start organizing uh, places. I feel this is a process where um, where we're just getting into as well. And so the another image uh, that I you know that I really liked always as a as as a young creative myself was this image of an orchestrator that was like doing the concert and there's something so playful in, in inviting other people to, to interact. But the, the way of the, um, the, the, the orchestration, the elegance of an actual, of an orchestrator is, is definitely something where, um, where I don't even think like we as someone, we are the kind of the orchestrators. The orchestration is somewhere somewhere else above us, you know? And it's not like, it's kind of like a, an illusion to step into this role or idea of, of, of orchestrating something because there is um, around places and around groups, there is certain kind of maybe like strong memes that they can give themselves to or like certain kind of practices. And, and so on, but they, uh, how, how people come together and how um, there is an invisible orchestration in, in some way. And, and that's why even the, the residency program is, um, it's been very open for the serendipity of people just being recommended or people just ending up there. And, and it was never, not only like, artists with their projects coming into there, but it was also like a, yeah, just someone who, who just came in there. And in this diffuse way of holding the things, I mean, even my, um, my own way of describing my role sometimes uh, sounds really weird or dangerous or, yeah. And so, so like I, um, I appreciate the space also of, of reflecting that and also of, of being provoked in there. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think also this idea of choreography, like organizing things or placing movements in relation to each other is also an old fashioned way of thinking about choreography it's almost like now also within this framework of worlding and shaping and being shaped it's also about allowing relations to move and be moved by one another so in that way I see your role as a choreographer in this holding space and allowing things to enter and being open for things to enter and this, I think, is really beautiful. It's almost like this this traditional role of director is being shaped, but I also feel the the trust in that and 
the response ability if we take this idea of Donna Haraway, which is talked about before in the podcast, of the ability to respond rather than the weight of needing to do something because you have the keys or you're responsible for a contract, but actually you have an ability to respond from this place of giving, which we've spoken about already, then it's really quite open. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the magic of also following your journey over the next few years with this space, like how will the short-term residents inform it and leave traces. I haven't also mentioned yet, but Moose has an amazing telegram group of over 400 artists and thinkers, and there's always a dialogue of workshops and shared practices and people reaching out and also being quite vulnerable in things they're finding difficult um, in the world at the moment or things that are, yeah, they just, not even to ask for something, just to have a space to share. And I find that also a, a kind of digital sphere that moves outside of the physical building. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel the resonances and um, that they're coming <laughs> from the edges of Trip Tower Park into the city and vice versa, that the, the city is also uh, being invited in with open doors in that way. Yeah, I... I'm, I'm I'm grateful, like the open the invitation to open and let come for the cultural space or for the, the cultural space. I mean, even the kind of the encounter space for the event space. Um, this is a, a very strong uh, kind of proposition, and it's it's like connecting to the to the struggles where there's like so many people just don't have spaces, and what just happened? What can kind of if, if spaces are just there and kind of things can unfold or if spaces have certain kind of dynamics around them and and what happens if certain kind of tonalities kind of build boundaries around the spaces or 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 things stay too much in a in a kind of a friends between friends zone yeah creating access points i think that's really important i have one last question actually in relation to what you said earlier about people coming and not needing to work or be reliant on work. Can you talk a little bit about how the residency is operating with different currencies? We do um, have the traditional euro currency for for food, where people pay their food uh, in a shared kind of setting in, in euro. Um, but for the rent, we have a, another currency that is called Circles, and it's a yeah, it's a digital UBI experiment, um, and and UBI stands for Universal Basic Income. Sometimes I was thinking it would stand for Unconditional Basic Income, which uh, <laughs> makes makes kind of sense for me in the in the narrative that. Um, we don't have necessarily to to be in this frequency of survival and and a lot of things kind of just a lot of creative um impulses are just coming once the survival <laughs> energy is kind of uh, satisfied 
um, and and so the in such a collaborative ecosystem of of co-living and um, and learning from each other and maybe supporting one another, um, it was really important to not have people in the setting that they need to make a living and kind of do collaborations on top of of that and um so with the support of a um of the circles project um residents can pay their uh, their rent in in this digital currency uh, that they just receive by signing up and by asking friends and supporters similar to a patreon style support to to send them their circles uh, for their residency and um, of course residents are always also invited to to bring in offers and sharings into into the marketplace that is in these other currency which um, yeah just connects people that want to think differently around um, money maybe making collective community agreements of of how they organize their economy and uh, yeah rather than like working with the with the big big established partners bringing a lot of more smaller um, projects into this ecosystem of of people um, and exchanging their 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 goods in in another circuit uh, in another currency and like many like many experiments um, the circles experiment also really works if just a lot of people say okay we just go in we all step into the <laughs> into the same uh, kind of invitation uh, in the same time and because you uh, trust this and because I trust that you know from this container of the trust we can uh, collectively um, step in there hmm. yeah I've recently been working with Isaac Ebeneko from Dar es Salaam in Tanzania and he's the creative director of a dance company and artistic organization and it's called Asideva which is arts for social and economic development in Africa and this really brought up this conversation of actually to create creative uh, experiences and share ideas through art is not enough like actually the the economic development also is part of the expression um so i really appreciate that that's also happening here in berlin and that people are being invited to experiment on both levels because they are so interconnected and i think often they're separated um as something is outside of the economy but in reality there's a very small portion of people that experience art in that way so yeah great to know that the experiments continue on all levels i am shouting out to this um, big inspiration of mine caroline Woolard, mm. um who 
who someone as an artist um, was doing so much around art and economy and experiments in there. And yeah, I think everyone interested can can have a look at her work at arts.coop um, where she compiled all the resources around yeah, artistic projects working with economic experiments and and yeah I I think the example you just gave is uh, yeah I mean what kind of inspires you in in there or where you can <laughs> feel like such a radical way of working as a group with, with money kind of creates a different dynamic yeah absolutely great questions to sit with I think over time and implement in different ways with different temporalities like one-year projects five-year projects short-term projects it's um yeah very provocative as part of this podcast I'm inviting you to pass on the mic to someone to talk to next Caroline would be amazing but I believe somebody else <laughs> has been lined up <laughs> who would you like us to talk to next Jakob yeah I'm nominating Ivan March and I uh, I'm not going to tell much except that <laughs> uh, he's really fun <laughs> and really inspiring as well uh, like uh, like you Rene and <laughs> thank you for your yeah, careful, curious, considerate um, conversation skills. <laughs> My pleasure. I uh, really enjoyed our conversation. And um, yeah, the, the rethinking around co-living um, and economy. Thank you so much. I hope to come to Moose soon. And actually, before we leave for listeners, if you've uh, been inspired by this podcast and you'd also like to visit Moose or you're outside of Berlin and listening from America or Australia or other listeners in Africa, maybe Isaac's listening, how can they get in contact with you? The, the residency has a site called moos.garden and uh... The, the wider Moos uh, has an event agenda. So if you're in Berlin, you can also uh, check moos.space uh, for, for events that are happening here. Great. Thank you so much. And let's continue chatting. Thank you for listening to The Worlding Podcast. Gefördert durch die Beauftragte der Bundesregierung für Kultur und Medien im Programm Neustart Kultur. Hilfsprogramm des Tanzen des Dachverband Tanz Deutschland.